Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dad's mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartomey, and this is the Warrior Dads Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back in for another episode of the Warrior Dads Podcast. Today, I have Stephen Lopes with me. Stephen is the founder of Men of Bronze and the host of the Men of Bronze Podcast, which is dedicated to equipping men with the tools and resources needed to become better men in all facets of life pertaining to masculinity. He's a father of two, a husband of seven years. He's active in his community. He runs a program through his church called Helping Hands, teaches Sunday school, and works with the youth. Stephen, thanks so much for coming on the Warrior Dads podcast. Yeah, happy to be here, Jim. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I love what you guys are doing with your with your podcast and everything that you guys do for the community and for the men in your life. So I'm happy to be here. It's a real honor. Yeah, thank you for that. That's quite a uh, bio. It doesn't sound like you have a free moment. I'm surprised we were able to do this yeah. so quickly. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. Uh, it's actually Canada, Canada Day right now. So mm. almost the whole country's got the a random Wednesday off. And with COVID being the way it is, there's not too much going on. So spent the morning with the girls at the splash pad, uh, came back, wifey put the girls down for a nap and uh, thought I'd spend some time with you. So happy to be here. Yeah, man. How's the, um, before we get into the meat and potatoes, how's the uh, virus affecting you guys right now? What's going on with it? Yeah, um, it's, it's been a bit odd. Um, so I work in the construction industry. I'm an inspector for civil construction. So building roads, um, sewer works, water mains, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm on site a lot with the guys. I kind of have like, it's like an office job, but outside. So we had a full shutdown on construction. Um, that lasted about three and a half weeks. So I got to spend some time at home. There was a lot of guys kind of moaning and groaning about it. Luckily, you know, we try and be fairly responsible with our with our finances that kind of thing so we were we were totally fine to have that like almost month off and we took full advantage uh, i would say i would say we had one of the best times ever we pretty much had a had a vacation uh, nice. we spent we spent every day together just trying to make the most of it you know it was nice to be able to give my wife a bit of a break because she's home with the girls all the time mm-hmm. and we just we just tried our best to build ourselves up so i put a home gym in a few months back so i was getting in working out and my wife was doing that as well uh we were just spending awesome amounts of time with the girls at either outside playing or getting yard work done and just really doing our best to not be in a negative mindset but just take advantage of the situation to be at home for a reason and to grow in that so we, we i would say we flourished in it um yeah that's been lifted since so i'm back to work full time and that's been great as well uh but other than that it's it's not too crazy um you know most of the stores have limits of how many people can go in um restaurants are open again for patio service so as long as you have seating outside you can have people come to your restaurant Uh, my wife owns a small shop in our small town so they're open again Uh, they were doing only online sales before but they're open for business so yeah, all's well. I mean, we're nice. happy. 
we in in the states we have like this whole red yellow and green system do you guys have that up there yeah we have a it's a phase one two and three kind of thing right so yeah, yeah. And right now we're in uh, we're in phase two or something like that i, I don't know gotcha i'm just yeah. along for the ride man <laughs> i know right i like that you said that you guys made it into a positive and that's really what we did too i mean i I'm working from home all the time, you know, so uh, unless I need to, unless I have a local client where I actually go and, and see them in person, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, which, of, which of course definitely got shut down. So then it was just all online, but I'm home all the time anyway, you know, and then, so to have my wife here and have my son here, now I just get to spend more time with them. Right. And it's not like we butt heads or get sick of each other. So, <laughs> I mean, it was nice for us too. And we just, I just feel like you got to adapt when, when stuff like this happens and just adapt and overcome and find the best way to make it work. And I mean, at the end of the day, family's a team and how do we all be good teammates and how do we, how do we win as a team? So I I like, I like to hear that you guys were doing that too. Yeah, I fully agree. I heard a lot of guys, like I said, groaning, groaning and moaning about like being at home too much or, you know, there's, there's that classic, Oh, I'm getting sick of my wife and all that kind of stuff. And I, I really don't, I don't subscribe to that kind of stuff. I don't think it's healthy for anyone to be making those comments. Even if it is a joke, uh, there's always some truth behind it. Mm-hmm. I, I stand firm in the fact that I absolutely loved my time off. We had an, an absolute blast being able to just spend as much time as possible together. I mean, for some people though, that is a reality. For some it people, is. it's like that their wife and them, they argue all the time. They don't yeah. really enjoy each other's company when, whether they've grown apart and they're just staying together for the kids mm-hmm. or I, I don't know. I haven't, you know, my wife and I, we have a really good relationship. This mm-hmm. is her second, this is her second marriage. Um, my first, but her second, but I mean, we've done a, a lot to grow ourselves and work together. And I've shared some things with her that I've learned and vice versa. And, and we just have a really good relationship. So. Yeah. It takes yeah, effort, right? It's not uh it doesn't happen by accident. No, no, it doesn't. So. So, I mean, but that's probably part of what you, what you deal with at men of bronze, right? I mean, some of the things that you're blogging about and looking to do podcast episodes on is that, you know, helping people that are struggling with those kinds of situations and those, you know, situations as fathers, as husbands and things like that, that are affecting all the other assets, uh, facets of their life too. Yeah. 100%. I think it's, I think it's very important to have a healthy relationship with your wife and your kids and um, I don't think anyone should make the mistake of thinking a good relationship means you don't have any fighting or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my wife and I, we have we have arguments sometimes. I think that's important sometimes. You need to air out what's on your mind. Um, you know, it's important as well to make sure you're not you're not abusing each other. You know, we don't scream at each other and that kind of thing. But you know, having a disagreement is totally fine. It's healthy, and you know, we're always stronger at the end of that. Um, mm-hmm. if you, if you never say anything and you just think, Oh, I love them. So, you know, I can, I can let that slip, you know, that's going to fester and it's going to be, it's going to be a bad outcome. So what we always try to do, we, we subscribe to the idea of, uh, never going to bed angry. Um, it's kind of, it's a bit of a biblical thing, I guess. Um, and that's been really healthy for us as a couple. So if we have, if we have beef, we talk about it before we go to bed that night. We don't sleep on it. We don't just say, Oh, we'll talk about it in the morning because then you're not, you know, yeah, you've cooled down. That's great. But you, you also might let it slip because you're like, ah, you know, I'm not, I'm not angry anymore. It wasn't that big of a deal. It's like, yeah, but, but it was a big deal. And you, you should have talked about it at the time. 
Mm-hmm. So we try and do that, and that's been really beneficial for us as a couple. That's nice. I feel like it's kind of like the same concept of, you know, how if you fall off the horse or if you fall off the wagon, you know, how fast do you pick yourself back up and brush yourself off? Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, like you're going to have the fight, you're going to fall off the horse, Yep. but it's how fast can you pick yourself back up? How fast can you get back on the horse? So then it's like, okay, so how fast can you guys come to a resolution and how, how fast can you, you know, just get back to, get back to being a, being the awesome couple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't fall off the horse and then just shoot it and leave it behind. <laughs> right. So, <Yeah. laughs> so we're definitely no. not condoning shooting your wife. Yeah. You, you won't get, uh, you won't get very far down, down the path without your horse. So yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, exactly. So what made you, um, let's talk about men of bronze. What, sure. what, what made you be inspired to start the podcast and start the blog and what brought all that about? Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I like to think that I'm, a young dude still. So I, I just turned 30. Um, I've been married for seven years. So we got married fairly young. You're definitely a young dude. <laughs> so we got married young. Uh, I was 23 at the time and we struggled for three years to have children. Uh, I wouldn't say struggled. We, we, we tried for three years before we had our first and that was Adeline. And within like three months after that, um, Hannah was pregnant again. So we got blessed with two beautiful girls. Uh, they're 14 months apart. So now we have Adeline and Ava, they're three and two. And I kind of found myself falling into that, that kind of classic limbo of being a dad. Um, I had stopped working out. Uh, I was just kind of working my, working my job. Uh, our relationship was starting to suffer a little bit. I had stopped playing sports. Uh, I felt guilty in my hobbies, all this kind of stuff. And I just kind of reflected. I was thinking like, what, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. And I took a bit of time to reflect on that. During that period, uh, I had come across Jordan Peterson. He was one of the first kind of kind of men that I started listening to as as a podcast. So I had this I had this little movement inside myself to just take a bit more control of my life, and that that came in the that came about of like you know keeping the house tidy, keeping the garage clean, keeping the car clean, all that kind of stuff, and that you know setting up your environment to be successful and, and to be happier. And I want, I wanted to take that to the next level. And I thought, how am I going to do that? So I had listened to a few podcasts. I had a few of them on the go. And I thought, man, like I want to have, I want to have awesome conversations with, with great dudes. And I had sat around for a long time thinking that I wanted to do something. I've, I have a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, but I had never started my own company or anything like that. So I thought, how can I, how can I get the most out of listening to these podcasts? And my, my realization was, I need to have these conversations myself. So how can I do that? I'm, I can't just call these guys up and say, hey, man, you want to talk for an hour? Like, you want to talk on the phone? Because that would just be weird, right? So I needed some <laughs> kind of like, I needed something to pitch to them to give them a reason to want to talk to me. So uh, I started a podcast and that was the idea. It was called something something different before. It was Mindset Bootcamp and it's it's changed into Men of Bronze now. It did a full rebrand a couple months ago. And now the now the idea is I want to be the best man I can be and hopefully I can help other dudes get on, get on the path to be the best man they can be as well. Mm-hmm. So I want to provide men with conversations. I want to give them the tools to, so they can be the best men they can be, you know, in all facets of life. Um, you know, I think, I think we can make a change in our families and in doing so we can change the world. 
So that's kind of the idea is let's have conversations. Let's talk about it. Let's be open. Let's grow. Let's be the best men we can be. And, uh, you know, the, the title men of bronze is, is kind of based on like, how did we honor men in the past? You know, we made statues of them and some of the first statues are made from bronze. So that's kind of the idea is let's be worth remembering. Let's be men of bronze. That's kind of the idea. Hmm. Nice. So I like that. I like the meaning behind the name. That's really cool. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a journey. And, uh, honestly, if you asked me like six months ago, if I knew where this would be, I wouldn't be able to tell you, but I, but I'm so, I just feel so blessed with what, with, with where it's gone. You know, the men that I've been able to meet, like men like yourself, just being able to sit down and have these conversations is like, it's incredible. It really is incredible. So, yeah, no, I get that. I do. And I, I was saying this on the last episode and I, I, I pretty much say it at the end of every episode and I, I um, have mentioned it a couple of times, but it really is genuine is that I do learn something from every single guest. Yes, absolutely. And I just, I love all the conversations I've had. Um, and some, sometimes people come on and they see some of the people I have had on and they're like, Oh, I don't know if I could follow that person. I don't know if right. I could follow it. And my, my cousin was actually one of them. Cause he, and I, he's a huge Tim Kennedy fan. And I got, I was blessed enough to have Tim on the show. And yep. my cousin was like, my, my, my <laughs> contacts, my cousin drools over Tim Kennedy, no homo. And so, yeah, yeah. um, not that there's anything wrong with it, but, um, he uh, was like, dude, I don't know if I can be on after you had Tim Kennedy on. I'm like, yes, you can, dude. Like, just, <laughs> just shut up. You know what I mean? Like, it has nothing, one has nothing to do with the other. So, um, I just, I love being able to talk to everybody. Um, so, yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned that you felt guilty about the hobbies that you were, your hobbies and, mm-hmm. and that you stopped training or, you know, as you said, working out. It's funny because I've, I've tried to stop using the words working out more recently because, um, if you think about, if you break down the word working out, you know, what is the out referring to? Like, what yeah. are you thinking of when you say working out? And it's usually to just expend all of your energy and just like really have nothing left mm. essentially, right? The out, it refers to the energy in the body. And if you're working out then the energy is going out. And so I continue, I continue to try to catch myself and say train or just exercise because mm. if I'm training, um, you know, one, usually you're training for a goal. Um, you're not just, you know, pumping yourself until you're dead. So I try to train every single day. And, um, but I know you said you stopped working out and then you stopped doing your hobbies. What, how were you spending your time at that point? Yeah. So I've always been, um, a bit of a gym rat. Uh, my dad is an eighties bodybuilder. Uh, he owned a gym for 27 years. So I, wow. uh, yeah, I grew up in the gym. Like that was my life growing up. Not that I was, I've never, never been like a muscle head or anything like that, but I've always been active in the gym. So that was always a big part of my life. But then when we had our firstborn, at that point, I was probably, I was probably the most fit I've been in my life um, in all, in all areas of fitness. So my, the most muscular um, and uh, yeah, everything like that. So I, I was in pretty good shape. I was playing a lot of sports. And then when we had our firstborn, that kind of shook us a little bit. You, you know, you don't realize how much your life turns upside down until you, until you have a kid. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a great thing, but we were just really busy and I wanted to do my best to always be there for my wife. So I felt, I felt guilty going to my hockey games and like leaving her at home instead of giving her a break. Of course you play hockey. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> you're in Canada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, and this was, you know, it's all year round, right? We play in the winter on the ice. And then in the summer, we play on the concrete. We play ball hockey. Right. So we, we play all year round. So I was, I was always playing and I was refereeing hockey at the time as well. So I was at, I was at the rink three or four nights a week, whether for my own or refing. And I just felt like I was leaving her stranded. So I made the choice to stop playing and just make money refing. So now, that was, was that fine. Because of something that she said or a conversation you guys had, or was that just you in your head, assuming that she's thinking, Oh, like he's going to the rink again, or, Oh, he's going to go train again. Yeah. It was just me in my head. Um, at that wow. point, at that point, I wasn't communicating effectively and that was taking away from our relationship. I think, I think both of us at the time weren't communicating very well. Uh, we just weren't talking things out. Right. So I was trying to fix problems that weren't there in ways that I didn't know. I didn't know were effective because I wasn't, I wasn't asking her what she needed from me. I wasn't asking her what the issues were. We weren't, we weren't communicating. So I pretty much stopped playing and I haven't gone back, but that's, that's totally different. Cause I'm, we're at a totally different level at this point. So we just kind of, I just kind of changed gears. So I, I had stopped, like I said, I stopped working out or stopped exercising and I canceled my gym membership, which was the first time in, in my entire life that I'd canceled that. And I went about a year and a half, maybe well, close to two years without, uh, without training at all. And that's when I started noticing, like, I'm like losing my muscle mass here and I'm, I'm starting to get the proverbial, you know, dad bod. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had made comments before, not that that's a bad thing or anything, but it's like, I just don't want to be, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to, I don't want to get into that, that, you know, that sump of life of just being another dad who, who drinks pints at night. And, uh, you you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to be that dad who goes to his construction job, come home, comes home, drink, drinks pints and then watches TV all night and goes to bed and he has bad sleeps because he doesn't, doesn't train. He doesn't eat right. And he's watching TV before bed every single night. Mm-hmm. so that's when i want i wanted to switch gears and, and my wife and i had been working through some things to to be better communicators and all that kind of stuff and you know it's taken but a year and a half but we're in such a better place now and we we communicate about you know what we expect from each other um, how we can support each other all that kind of stuff and it, it's so important and, and life is just so much better now mm-hmm. and you know now it's to the point where you know, she wants me to go train because she knows when I come back from that, uh, I'm happier. I'm going to be better. I'm, I'll be a better husband. Uh, I'll be more engaged with her and the family uh, now that I've done that. So my training is, is a is a benefit to the family, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, communication is, is so huge. And that's actually so awesome that she wants you to actually go do it because she sees that, that that shows that she sees the benefit in it and mm-hmm. really not just can like regurgitate the benefits like, well, he's nice, you know, he's happier, he's better, you know, but she can actually really understand it. And communication is huge. And I hope this doesn't come across as unsolicited advice, but it's a book that I had listened to on audible years ago and I still have it in my library. <clears throat> and it was, and maybe you've already read it or listened to it, but it's called nonviolent communication. Hmm, and it's, it's absolutely, I believe it's Marshall Rosenberg, if I remember right. Um, and it's called Nonviolent Communication and is just such an amazing book, so eye-opening. And there's so many tactics in there that are just so effective. Not just It's not just only communicating with your wife. It's really any human being and understanding people's needs. And I just thought it was really amazing. So, you know, you might want to check that out because that's really good. And, yeah. and, I, and it's not even like 
I listened to that because uh, I was having issues with my wife at the time with communication. It's just, I was looking for a good book. It was recommended to me. And I think we, you know, communicating is part of life, no matter if you're married or not. And so I just thought it was amazing. So, yeah, that's, that's one thing I try and do. I, I'm always looking for, for new knowledge um, to, to di- digest. And I drive a lot from, for work uh, between job sites. So I'm constantly consuming podcasts and audio books and all that kind of stuff. So that's certainly something that I'm, that I'm interested in. So I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. How do you like your home gym? Cause I did see you posted something like that on Instagram a few days ago. It was just, you know, back in the gym, but it was, you know, obviously in a garage or something like that. So how do you like having your own yeah. place now? Yeah, I love it. It's, it's the best, you know, being able to just hop out the garage door, you know, open the big, the big two bay garage door open and get all that fresh fresh air in that, that sunlight, you know, see my, my neighbors are walking by, you know, having chats with them and just being able to sweat it out in my own, on my own property. You know, I can have my shoes off, you know, working out just with shorts, shirt off. And, uh, it's, it's amazing. So I've taken, I've taken half the garage. Um, so I've kind of given up my parking spot for the winter and wifey will still be able to park the van on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit nervous to see how it goes in the winter. I'm trying to get it, in, it insulated before the winter and maybe get some kind of heating source because it's going to be, you know, I, I can't train in, you know, minus 30 Celsius <laughs> or like, you know, my, I think minus 40 Fahrenheit's the same as Celsius. Yeah. So like we get that here. Aren't you guys used to the cold up there? Yeah. I don't want to work out in it though. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, it, it's awesome though. Being able to train, right at home you you save so much time you know if if i have 15 minutes you know i can go do squats if if that's all i have yeah you know whereas if you're going to the gym you know the 15 minutes is is getting there and getting changed no i, I so, agree yeah i totally agree it's yeah i love the way it to go. and i'm i'm doing like you know i'm doing lunges in my front yard and then in between sets i'm like practicing my golf swing so nice. like a, it's beneficial, right? I can like the girls are out there with me and like Adeline's hilarious. She like, she's daddy's little girl. She's always helping me like with the drills and like with power tools and stuff. So she's like in the gym holding like two pound dumbbells doing squats and stuff with me. <laughs> she's hilarious. Nice. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the golf swim because, because a lot of times in between my sets. So when we just talked about working out, um, there's a concept also called working in, which was coined by, Paul check one of my mentors and there's a concept called working in that he coined to address the opposite of working out or the idea of working out so if you looked at yin and yang working out would be yang and working in would be the yin of that okay. right so if you look at uh, running or versus walking or sprinting versus walking running and sprinting would be yang and walking at a slow enough pace to not increase your heart rate or make you sweat would just be yin Mm-hmm. So there's other modalities or exercises that you can do at the right intensity and the right pace to cultivate energy in the body and build it up. Hence, it would be a working in exercise, the in referring to the energy going into the body as opposed to out leaving the body. Right. Right. So there's a lot of times on my rest uh, during my rest periods in between my sets where I'll do something called the Zen swing which actually simulates a golf swing um, 
where it's just kind of opening up the hips, opening up the shoulders, rotating the spine back and forth. And it's just very cyclical going back and forth like a pendulum back and mm -hmm. forth. But it's really good for golfers to help loosen up their swing. So it's funny you just mentioned doing your golf swing because it reminded me of that would be uh, almost like an active recovery yin type movement to combat the yang movement like let's say you said you mentioned squats so maybe you were just doing a set of squats and then you go do you work on a little bit of golf swing so you're still moving but you're doing it to the degree that it's not increasing your heart rate more stressing the body out more and now you're you're actually recovering and trying to activate the parasympathetic nervous system so that you can get right into it into your next set for your squats yeah i love the idea um i guess i without even really thinking about it, I do that kind of stuff anyway. Uh, I love, like if I'm doing a shoulder workout between sets, I usually grab like a, a five or 10, 10 pound plate and just hold it between my hands and do like, you know, shoulder rotations, you know, moving the plate around your head in a circular motion. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, that kind of thing, you know, uh, modality things, you know, trying to keep trying to, you know, grease the joints a little bit so you don't get so stiff. That's one of the problems with, with lifting weights is if you don't stretch and move, you get really static, you know, it's like, you know, bodybuilders can't throw a football or something like that. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like they're these massive dudes, but they can't do anything with their muscles mm -hmm. except lift heavy weights, short and you know, short distances. Right. So I want to make sure that doesn't happen. You know, I don't want to be this like fit dad who can't actually play sports or anything. Right. It's not functional. Yeah. So I'm always, you know, even in the backyard, I'll make a game out of it. So I'll just throw the girls in the air as high as I can. There you go. <laughs> uh, luckily, my life, my wife is down for that. She doesn't freak out. She's okay with it. So I just launch them in the air. And then when you catch them, you know, you go into a, a catching squat and, you know, just that kind of thing. It's like, keep moving. And, and that's one of the things I had noticed when I was in my, my slump was like, I was playing with the girls at 29 years old and I'm bending down. My knees are cracking and on the way back up. I'm like, I'm like kind of like feeling a bit sore coming up from like squatting to pick up a two-year-old. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and you're not even 30 yet. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm in like, I'm in way better shape than this. Like what, what am I doing here? So mm -hmm. I, I was losing that range of motion because I was just sitting around too much. Especially for a person who's been around gyms a lot, right? You mentioned your dad owned a gym for 27, 27 yeah, years, right? Exactly. So you were around that. So you start to think about the past and, that could definitely kind of play with your play with your mind a little bit. Yeah. And I played elite hockey my whole life. I played soccer, played sports my entire life. And to feel, to feel like I wasn't an athlete anymore was not, was not good. It didn't feel good at all. So I've since got, got heavily into mountain biking. So I ride trails hard and uh, yeah, I train at least, at least three days a week. I try and train five days a week. Uh, sometimes life is busy, especially with the podcast, all that kind of stuff. So but uh, I train as much as I can, and uh, I engage with the family as much as I can. I play with the girls who roll around, wrestle with them, do everything I can. Like I mean, like I said, uh, off air this morning, I spent the morning with them at the splash pad, mm -hmm. just having a blast. Yeah, I used to, <clears throat> up until recently, I used to plan more rest days into my my week. But I felt like, you know what, if the goal is to be active at least 30 minutes a day, mm -hmm. no matter what it is, Right. You maybe you go swimming. Um, maybe you just go running. Maybe you're just outside playing with your kids. Like the one day I got into a huge water gun battle and I'm running all up and down the street and yep. ducking behind cars and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just 
dominating the kids. Yes, <laughs> so, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I got two guns. And, <laughs> got a throwaway pistol that got tucked in my pants it's just, it was great so I mean, but the thing is like that's that's definitely activity and exercise right yes. the thing is is that the things that make you stronger i was factoring in rest days for those things and i'm like and, and i do listen to um i don't know you know jocko willink mm-hmm. okay so i listen to some of his stuff and i really like a lot of his stuff and my kid and my son and i we read his books the way of the warrior kid mm-hmm. and we're both into jujitsu and I like his philosophy of, you know, plan on doing it every day, but life happens. Mm-hmm. Don't schedule it because you could schedule it. Let's say your day off is a, a Thursday, right? Let's say you do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So let's say today, Wednesday, right? Um, you schedule Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday off and you train four days. Well, let's say Wednesday turns out to be a great day that you want to train. You know, like you wake up, you're feeling great, yeah. you have time and you're like, damn, it's an off day. What do I do today? You know, I mean, you could have those days where you're like, ah, screw it. I'll just train anyway. But if you didn't factor in the off day, you would have planned to train that day. Mm-hmm. But if you allow life to give you your days off for the right reasons, not because of laziness, but maybe you're not feeling good or maybe you got to focus on your stretching and mobility that day or something like that. I really like that. And I feel like you're following more of a philosophy that I follow is just listen to your body, you know, what feels right for you that particular day. And if you're too rigid with it or you're too structured with it, then you're going to, you're going to miss whatever your body's trying to tell you because you're only focused on what's written down on the paper or what's on the computer or something like that. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what I do. Um, I, I was doing the whole notebook with, set workouts, you know, doing a a push, pull legs or whatever, push, pull legs, rest, push, pull legs, rest before. And I felt it was, it was just too much. And I was getting, you know, stressed out when I couldn't fit the whole workout in. Um, so what I do now is I've just decided to have the most fun with it and just let my body do the talking. So when I feel like doing a push day, you know, I might do I might do flat bench. I might do some, some flies. I might do some shoulder press, but the reality is I'll, I'll do whatever I feel like it that day. You know, mm-hmm. I, I might do, I might do incline bench press. I might, not, I might not do bench at all, you know, but I'll do whatever I feel like it. And I've just, I've kind of released this whole, like, Oh, this is the schedule. This is what you have to do. So I've just put that all aside and I just do what I feel like it. And yeah. it's been, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's way more fun. And if I feel like having a rest day, I have a rest day. It's no big deal. Just relax or mm-hmm. you know, go for a little bike ride, whatever. Just, just get out and live a healthy life. Yeah. And- I just only found that there's one thing is that like, if it's too, if it's too unstructured, mm. then you're just all over the place. So I, I found like one of the keys for me is that I got to set a goal for myself. And so the one goal that I had is, you know, I want to, I want to do 400 pounds, no problem on the, de- on the deadlift, which would be mm-hmm. twice my body weight right now. So that's my goal. So, you know, even though I'm listening to my body, I still have, my goal of deadlifting, um, you know, higher, higher than what I'm able to do right now. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's certainly important to have, to have, um, attainable goals, you know, don't just one thing I talked about in my, uh, in my men's group last night was I, I had a talk with the guys and I said, you know, I think we need to step it up a little bit here, guys. We're not keeping each other accountable enough. 
and we're allowing each other to fail. You know, every week we set goals for each other, like, oh, I'm going to, uh, you know, read scripture with, with my wife this week, or uh, I'm going to play the guitar with my daughter this week, whatever, whatever their, each guy's goal is. And I just felt like we were, we were letting each other down. So when we had our meeting last night, I said to the guys, like, I think we're failing each other here. And I feel like you guys aren't keeping me accountable enough. And I'm not keeping you accountable enough through my actions. He said, I, like, I'm not completing my goals, which is giving you guys the slack and the leash to not complete your goals and feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. So I should be completing my goals every single week. So when you don't complete yours, you feel hard on yourself. But I should also be able to say, hey, man, you didn't complete your goal this week. What got in your way? Or what happened? And that's one thing that we're going to implement. So the, the idea is let's have actually attainable goals. So instead of saying, oh, I want to work out more. Well, what does that look like? You know, what does right, that mean? That's too broad, right? Yeah. What, what does that mean? I want to work out more. Okay. You worked out once this month. Well, did you work out at all last month? No. Okay. Well, was that, did you meet your goal? Technically, because you worked out more, but that shouldn't be what you're looking for. It should be, I'm going to train three days a week. Perfect. Train three days a week then. Get your 30 minutes in or an hour in three days a week and keep yourself accountable for that. Don't set these broad goals that are too too easy to meet, but at the same time too difficult to meet because there's, there's nothing to get to. Yeah. So that's one thing that I keep that I keep for sure is that and you know, I mentioned that before. I want to train at least th- three days a week. And I certainly have exercises that I do, you know, like I said I, I might not do bench one day, but I, ne- I never skip I never skip bench press on my push day because that's one of my favorite things to do. But um, yeah, the, you need you need to have structure in a certain way. Uh, what I was trying to say was I was getting away from too much structure because that was also hindering me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's important for sure to have some kind of structure. Definitely goals, but not just goals, attainable goals that are measurable. Yeah, because I feel like people jump in too soon, and, and I mean we're talking about exercising and training, but. I think this is applied to so many other things too that I hear is that people just jump all in because they can get really, really excited and they get those endorphins and that high and they're like, yeah, I'm all in. And then they jump in the deep end and they're like, uh, this is a little bit more than I signed up for, or maybe I can't sustain this. You know, Mm -hmm. I gotta, I gotta back it off. And then they go, like you said, like the opposite direction. I mean, that guy didn't sound like he was all in because he only trained one day <laughs> the previous month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, unless that was just an example, but it, it was just, like just, just an example. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I always tell people just start off small. Like even if it's 10 minutes, like you mentioned three days a week, right? Well, I've also found that consistency is so, so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Build so, the habit, build the habit up, you know, so say seven days a week, but only 10 minutes a day instead of an hour, three days a week. You know, yeah, so then you have that consistency and it's just, yeah. Or I, I really like the concept. I don't know if you're familiar with greasing the groove. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Heard that before. Yeah. So you just, let's say it's pushups, right? You said you like bench press, but let's just say it's pushups because we'll pick a body weight exercise you can do anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you can do this with squats or pull-ups or anything like that. So let's just say pushups though, because you don't need any equipment. Let's say you can do 20 pushups in a row. Only do 10. Okay. Oh, let's say you can only do five or uh, 10, 10 pushups, just do five. So you can do half of whatever you normally could do. And then you wait at least 15 minutes and then you would do that again. So it doesn't have to be structured. I mean, you could technically set an alarm for yourself like every hour or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, every time your alarm goes off, drop down and do 10 pushups, or it's really whenever you think about it. But if you did 10 pushups, you know, and you did that 
eight times throughout the day, that would be 80 push-ups that you did. Yeah. Right. And if you did that every single day for, you know, an entire week, um, you know, what's 80 times seven, 560 push-ups over the course of, um, you know, over the course of a week, but let's say you did three days a week and you did three sets of, um, 10 pushups, right. And you did three sets of 10. So that's 30 pushups. And then you only did that three days a week. So that's 90 pushups mm -hmm. for the week instead of over 500. Right? And, and the 500 had almost no impact on your schedule. It had no impact on your schedule. And also let's say maybe you maxed out on your pushups or maybe you like really, really pushed it. And that led to soreness mm -hmm. because maybe you had too much buildup of, you know, uh, acid or hydrogen ions in the muscles or whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know what I mean? Whatever leads to soreness. Um, and then you were sore the next day and you're like, Oh, you know, my chest is sore. And you know, some people like it, some people don't. Um, but you, you know, with the greasing, the groove, you have no soreness because you're not, you're not pushing it to failure because you're only doing half of what you can do. And you're at least having 15 minutes in between sets. So it's total full recovery. And so you're doing 560 pushups over the course of a week with no soreness at all. Right. Yeah. And you're, so, you're hitting numbers you would never even imagine. Yeah. Love it. And um, so I, I'm a really big proponent of that. You know, yeah. That doesn't I, even take 10 minutes. You know, I've had these chats with guys, especially um, office workers at, at my work because I'm, I'm an outside guy. But um, I've, I've definitely had these chats with them, especially when you're at home, you know, you're at home for eight hours a day, expected to be sitting at your desk, but you're at home. It's like, get up every 30 minutes and do some air squats mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Do a couple of burpees, do, do something. Walk, walk up and down your basement stairs for, you know, 10 times. Like all that kind of stuff goes such a long way. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's what a lot of people say, you know, how can you get more active? Well, you can get active without actually doing like anything in your life. You know, stop taking elevators. Um, you know, Bike to the corner store if you can. Uh, walk your dog more often. There's so many extremely easy ways to increase the cardiovascular workouts or even even musculatory workouts in your life. It's so easy. You just mm -hmm. need to you, you need to take action. Yeah, absolutely. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, tell me more about this. Uh, you were just mentioning this the, the men's group that you had. Was that in person mm -hmm. or is that online or what is that? It's, it is in person. So it's, it's me and two other guys at this point. Um, we keep it small. We've done it for three years now, the two of us or the three of us. Um, it's, we started as a kind of like a, it's, it's called a discipleship group, I guess it's, it's through our church, but really it's just three dudes getting together and we talk about whatever. And the idea is we want to be, you know, better, better men, better, better fathers. So we get together, we usually talk scripture, but also we do things to keep each other accountable. Mm -hmm. So we set goals for each other. And, and that's what I really wanted to get down to was I felt like, you know, we're three years in here and I feel like we're just, I feel like we're failing each other. So, you know, I said to them, what's the point of us getting together if we're not going to keep each other accountable and actually grow? Because that's what we need to do as men. Because I don't need to get together with you guys to just, you know, shoot the breeze. Like I love chatting with you, but that's not the goal here is to just have a chat. The goal is to grow. And, uh, yeah, that you was kind of call yourself a discipleship and just get around and chat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and aren't you nine short for the disciples? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we don't want to be too big because we have a men's group in the church, and that's the idea is let's let's break it down to a smaller group mm-hmm. so we can really connect. And that's been really beneficial because you know it's hard to open up with you know twelve guys there. So so it's four groups of three. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it well it's it's separate from that completely. Uh, mm-hmm. We d- we just decided to do this to do this on our own. And it's been awesome because we have that that deep connection now where you know we can bring something to the table that we're struggling with or or whatever it is. And when you're in a large group, that's A more difficult because you don't trust all the guys. And and B, you don't have the time to talk because there's you know, there's ten other guys there that need to talk. So it's been pretty awesome. I think it's I think it's crucial. Um, having some kind of accountability as a man, I think is really important. Whether it's you know, one guy that you talk to once a week or once a month, whatever it is, we should have someone, some staple in our life. Um, you know, some fixture, some man, that's, that's another fixture in your life that you can bounce ideas off. That you can call him when you're in need, or he can call you, or you can call him just to say, you know, Hey man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to iron this idea. What, what do you think? Yeah. You, know, you, you need someone in your life that, you know, preferably in my opinion is a man. Obviously you can do this with your wife too. If that's, the relationship that you have but the idea is to have someone that you know if you've got if you have a burden they can relate to you because they're also a man um you know hopefully they're also a father or a husband or whatever you guys have more more things to relate about than just one thing and i i think it's just super important and for me it's been very beneficial and i've got actually i've got multiple of these so i've got a couple other guys in my life who you know they were looking for someone so they asked me to step up if I could be their accountability partner. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm in. So if I can, if I can give you one phone call once a month, that's great, man. If you benefit from that, let's do it. Yeah. So I would say find someone. If you don't have someone, anyone listening, if you don't have anyone in your life that you can trust, try your best to find one because you're going to see fruit from that for sure. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be scripture based or anything like that. It can just be, you don't, you don't need to be a Christian to have an, an accountability partner. Yeah. And so for, and for some people, it's their dad. Yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, some, some guys have, are blessed to have really great relationships with their dad. Like me, you know, I, I talked to my dad a lot and I just talked yeah. to him this morning and how was the relationship with your dad? Uh, it's, it's great. Um, it, it wasn't always great. Um, that's been some fruit from, from starting the men of bronze as well was, you know, rekindling that relationship. Uh, it, it's not perfect by any means, but you know, he has a lot of respect for me. I've got a lot of respect for him. You know, he's, he's proud of me. And you know, what more can you ask for as a son than having your dad being proud of you? Right. Mm-hmm. And he trusts me that if he has something to talk to or some idea, he'll call me and bounce it off me. And I, I do the same for him because I know it's, it's like a no judgment zone. And we have a relationship where like, if he does judge me, I can just like, you know, tell him to shove it. So like we, we we have that kind of relationship too, where it's like not awkward to be like, ah, I don't like where you're going with this. Right. And uh, you know, it's not like awkward, like, Ooh, you know, we don't, we don't need to tiptoe around each other. And I think that's pretty great. So, so yeah, we, we have a good relationship. It didn't, uh, wasn't always great. Like I said, in high school, I would say it wasn't that great. I was, uh, you know, I was being a high school hooligan, you know, just being, being a dumb teenager. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wasn't down for that. He was having troubles with my mom in their relationship and their marriage. So he had a lot on his plate and uh, they, they ended up getting divorced after high school. 
and uh, they're both remarried now. But so he had a lot on his plate, and we were not we were not communicating at all. You know, we were we were not friends at all when I was in high school. But I would I would definitely say my dad is my friend now. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that's a that's a fine line because you know it's okay to be buddies and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but at the same time, kids need parents. Yes, you know, and absolutely. I think that. Um, I think that it's deeply known at like a cellular level by all kids to some degree that they mm-hmm. need a parent in their life. They want, they think that they want like, you know, a friend or something like that. They think they want to be left alone, but when they have that structure and they learn those lessons and then, you know, when they're old enough to realize those lessons and put it in a perspective, it's like, Wow look at how awesome my dad was or look at how awesome my mom was for putting up with me and doing the stuff that I was doing. Of course, as you know, as long as it doesn't get past that, that point, that's why I said it's a fine line. But if you only try to be your kid's friend, um, their entire life, that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah. I think, I think they actually resent you more for that because then they realize that you were never really there for them as a parent, which is exactly what they need. And they have that realization at a certain point in their life. And they're like, I don't need a friend. I need a parent. Yeah. Um, you know, showing someone love is not just being their yes, man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, the person that loves you the most in your life. And like for me, that's my wife. She'll check me on stuff. And I appreciate that. I need that. I might not like it so much at the time, but uh, you need someone who's going to check you in life. Not someone who just says, oh, wow, they're, they're, they're figuring themselves out or, oh, that's really great that you did that. But, you know, when I was a high school kid, like I'm doing stupid stuff, you know, and I've, and I've seen lots of um, kids from my high school who they did have those parents who were like totally OK with them drinking all the time, you know, totally down for them to be smoking weed. And and they supported that and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, where are they now? They're nowhere. They're just like high school kids, but they're 30. Right. Because they and never had that structure and that growth and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It was always just an accepted thing. And like, yeah, that's really cute when you're 14, 15, 16. But you need parents to, to be there and, you know, I'll, I'll say it, like lay the law, you know, obviously within reason. But that's what showing love is. Showing love is not just being a yes man. Showing love mm-hmm. is actually caring for that person and wanting the best for them. You know, caring for someone is not saying... I'm happy you're a drug addict. Caring for them is being the one that says, you've got a problem. Here's how you're going to fix it. And I'm going to be there and help you through it. Yeah. And it's going to be the hardest thing we've ever done, but I'm going to be there for you. That's, that's showing love. Yeah. And letting them know too, like, instead of just, you know, you said, instead of being yes, man, don't just be that no man either. Right. right? Yeah, Where exactly. It's just, just the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And you know, they, they need to, they don't need to. I mean, of course, it's a choice, but I always find it's more effective for them to understand the why. Why is it a no? Why is it something that you really don't want me to do, Dad? Or why is it somewhere you don't want mm-hmm. me to go? Something like that. And then they understand the reasoning behind it and they understand the thought process. And then they can identify and possibly even, you know, sympathize or 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 just like, you know, see it from your light. And it's not the fear of the unknown or, well, I don't understand why. He just says no all the time, you know, because I think that that's you know, then they, cause they have no idea why. And they're so young, depending on what age they are. I like how you said your wife checks you, but because you're so into hockey and you live in Canada, I just imagine her like checking you <laughs> into the walls. Like, <laughs> I just don't, imagine don't this, tell like, anyone, this but funny she's thing, like all of a sudden you're talking to your girls and just out of nowhere, your wife just comes like a, with the blind bar- side. 
Yeah, like a bolt, like a barrel out of hell or something. Like that. <laughs> Boom! Checks you into the wall. Um, that would yeah, be so funny. Actually. I think I think it's important. I think you nailed it with the with the being a no man thing, and that's one thing that we try really really hard as as parents. And it comes back to you know, to conscious and intentional action to being a better person, a better father, better better husband. Is we're very intentional with our girls, and we try not to tell them no. It's it's no because this. Um, it's you can't do that for this reason, and you see it all the time in public. And kids are, you know, misbehaving, and the parents are like, like, no, why? Because I said so. Right. Like, like, <laughs> you know, that's a classic thing, though. It's like, but but why did you say so? Right. Why? I'm the parent. Yeah, I'm the one who makes the rules. It's like, are you power tripping or are you teaching your kids? Right. And I think one of the biggest things is treat your kids with with respect. Um. And, you know, we never did the, uh, not that we, we weren't like, oh, we're not doing baby talk. We, we just never really did baby talk. It just wasn't really our thing. And we always just talked to the girls in completely normal vocabulary. So we use, we use all the big words an adult uses. And, you know, now my three-year-old walks around using big words properly because we treat her with respect. So if there's a reason why we don't want her to don't want her to do something we try and say you know adeline you can't do that because xyz and it has it has these re- repercussions and you don't want those re- repercussions mm-hmm. and uh you know now she'll she'll walk around and say daddy here are your options and if you don't choose these options here are the re- 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 repercussions and she'll like try to explain stuff to me and uh i just i love that nice so she keeps me honest too that's nice very cool. Yeah, but it's it's definitely important to uh, to take intentional action as a, as a parent, and like I said, don't be their best friend, but explain to them why you have to. If you're punishing them, you know why you have to punish them. Why there's repercussions for their actions. It's very important, and you know, or, or how else is a kid going to know that they can't steal from their neighbor? You know, they, they need to understand why, why that hurts that person. You know, that person worked hard for their money. You know, they, they save for that. They purchased that with their own money and they care for that item. You can't just take it and break it or, you know, you, you don't want your kids just floating through life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's the next thing for men of bronze? What do you, where, where did you like to see it in a year? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm happy you asked. Um, really, I'm just trying to grow trying to grow the community here. Um, my short-term goals are to start a, a men's meeting and that'll be probably in the city. We, we live in a small town just outside the city. So I want to start a, a free to attend men's meeting probably like once a month. And that'll be just, you know, trying to get a speaker there at minimal to no cost. Cause I'll, I'll have to foot the bill myself and just get together for about two hours with random dudes around the city with random men who want to grow and just provide this kind of service for them to, you know, to get out with like-minded men, have a conversation, listen to someone else, share some kind of message, you know, an entrepreneur or whatever it is. And so that's kind of the short-term goal is to start these these men's meetings. And from there, um, you know, long-term goal, I'd love to start having um weekend retreats where you know you can bring your your kids and you're away for the weekend no cell phones nothing we just connect we do some awesome activities for the weekend and you go home with with more knowledge you're closer to your kids and you've just bonded for a weekend with other like-minded men 
and you've grown and you've left with stuff to implement in your daily life and become a better father, husband, entrepreneur, whatever it is. So that's kind of the long-term goal. So nice. yeah, we're going to start with the men's meetings, I think. Um, doing some coaching on the side right now with someone else who does something similar, just picking their brain, that kind of thing. And that's been really, really fruitful. So hopefully try to imp implement that soon and we'll see. So that's kind cool. of the short term and long term there. Nice. Awesome, man. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, Stephen, as we, uh, as, as we, as with every episode, we end with uh, 10 questions inspired by James Lipton and Bernard Pavot. So you ready? I am ready. All right, man. Who's your hero? Who's my hero? Oh, man. I think my hero would be my dad and my father-in-law. Uh, they're two very different people, but they both have profound influences on my life in different ways, completely different ways, because they're almost opposites. And they both have incredible knowledge and wisdom that, that they bring to the table, life experiences, and they've both helped shape me into the man I am today. So I would say my father and my father-in-law. Nice. What excites you? What excites me? I think spending good time with my girls. That's when I'm, that's when I'm the happiest is when, when I can spend that quality time with my kids, I don't laugh. Like I'm an outgoing guy and I love to have a really good time. Nothing makes me laugh more than my girls. Mm -hmm. So I think what excites me is just getting up every morning. Uh, I'm the, I'm the early waker. My wife is more of a sleeper in her, not so much anymore because we have two young kids. So I'm the one that gets up in the morning, every morning with them. And that's some of our best time is just getting up in the morning and playing around, reading books, being silly, jumping all over the place. So what, what excites me is getting up in the morning with the girls. What turns you off? Oh, what turns me off is, is intense negativity. So I've had, uh, I've had a couple people in my life, you know, ask me like, Oh, who do you think you are? You know, starting, uh, starting a podcast that's directed to men. Like, who are you to do that? So I guess for lack of a better term, haters, I don't you like slap them. You just slap them. <laughs> yes. Away. Yeah. I, in my I head, maybe. The same thing. <laughs> so I, I just, I don't like, you know, I've always, I've always had the mentality that I want to help people in my life and to have someone that's completely counterintuitive to that, that mm -hmm. really like grinds my gears. It's like, I'm nobody for that, but who are you to tell me that I'm not someone for that? Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, that really bugs me. What is your favorite sound? My favorite sound. That's an interesting one. Thank you. <laughs> I think, I think a genuine laugh. There's nothing better than a genuine laugh when someone, and you can tell when it, you can tell when someone's genuinely laughing, you know? Sure. And I, I don't care what kind it is. You can have like the weirdest laugh ever, but a genuine laugh is like the best thing ever. <laughs> what is your least favorite sound? Mm. Something, some noise from the cars. I do all the car maintenance around here. So when there's something ticking or banging in the car, I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite quote or saying? My favorite quote is, he who has a why to live can bear almost anyhow. Uh, that's from, it's from Frederick Nietzsche. Um, but that specific version is from Viktor Frankl from Man's Search for Meaning. So that's a quote that I always keep 
keep close to my heart. So that's, uh, again, he who has a why to live can bear almost anyhow. And it's a quote that got him through the concentration camp camps in Nazi Germany. And I keep that close to me every single day. It's We always have something to work towards. So if you have something ahead of you, you can get through any adversity. I like that. In a few words, what should a dad be? A dad should be dedicated. He should be loving. He should be engaged. And he should be always growing. So you need to be there for your family. And in order to put your family first, you need to put yourself first. So take care of yourself in, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And that will allow you to take care of your family first. So knock off those four things. Keep yourself fit in those four aspects. And you'll be able to put your family first. And in a, in a few words, what should a dad not be? A dad should not be dad should not be absent and i don't mean like not there at all but you you don't want to be the dad who's home but never actually there and that's why in the last question i said engaged um you don't want to be disengaged you don't want to be non-helpful and you know we're the in my opinion this might offend some people but you know we're the leaders of our household and i think we should be consciously leading and, you know, that means you need, you need to be engaged. So you should not be absent. Mm-hmm. If you could try any other profession, what would it be? If I could try any other profession, I would, uh, I'd be a men's coach. That's kind of my long-term goal is to, is to work with men on a daily basis. So, you know, right now I work in construction, which is totally fine. Uh, but my, my heart lies with, with helping men. Nice. And finally, what would you be like? What would you like to be remember, remembered for? I'd like to be remembered for being, being a guy who uh, who always brought a life to the party, who's always fun, who's always there for his family, always there for his friends. Um, you know, I'm always first to uh, first to offer to help people move. I'm always first to ask someone if they want to if they want to go hang out and have some fun. So I want to be remembered for the person that was was there for his friends and family. Nice. Stephen, tell everybody where they can find out a little bit more about you, the podcast, the blog, et cetera. Cool. Um, our website is menofbronze.ca. You can catch me on there with the blog, and I always post the podcast episodes on there as well. You can find us on YouTube on Men of Bronze, uh, all major platforms, Apple, Google, all that kind of stuff as Men of Bronze Podcast. And my main home base is Instagram, and that's Stephen Lopes underscore M-O-B. MOB for Men of Bronze. So catch me on the Instagram. That's where you can connect with me, anything. So that's where we usually are, guys. Nice. Great, man. Well, I appreciate you being on here. Um, I wish you the best of luck with your podcast, the blog, and everything, man. It was great. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It was a really awesome conversation. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Take it easy. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. Bye. As warrior dads, we got to tackle a lot of things, but tackling low testosterone levels should definitely not be one of them. Uh, we need to keep our testosterone at peak levels, and that is absolutely crucial for all of us. So I'm sure you know all the horrible things associated with low T levels. If you don't, it's definitely not pretty. Uh, it's Google search away. But unfortunately, testosterone levels in men have been consistently decreasing over the last two decades. And it's actually one of the biggest conversations I have to have when working with men, which is why I decided to create the Warrior Dads Testosterone Booster. 
guide and checklist. It's a free download, and all you have to do is go to checklist.warriordads.com. Uh, just download it, start start implementing it, and start to feel the difference. So again, go to checklist.warriordads.com and get your free copy now. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again, and keep on being a warrior dad.